and welcome to the Perfume Making Podcast with me, Karen Gilbert. And in today's episode, I'm going to be talking about something that comes up a lot, which is the naturals versus synthetics debate in perfumery. So one of the things that I often hear from people when they come to my, especially come to my natural perfume making classes, is that they hate synthetic perfumes and only like natural ingredients. And this is often followed by a description of their favorites, which nine times out of 10 are full of non-natural materials. Now, it's not the fault of the consumer, the general public, most people don't know what goes into a perfume. So I'm kind of assuming as you're here, you have potentially a little bit more knowledge, but maybe you don't. So I'm going to kind of recap a little bit for those of you who are completely new to the perfume making world. And maybe you have been in that camp of thinking, oh, I love this floral perfume. Most often the perfume brand that gets quoted is Jo Malone or something that smells like when you spray it on, like walking through a flower garden. And, you know, if you are looking at the marketing blurb for a lot of these fragrances, you're going to be quite confused if you don't really know, because this sort of marketing in the fragrance industry really focuses on the natural aspects and the natural notes in a perfume, but doesn't often, and it is getting a little bit better, but it doesn't often talk about the sort of unsexy, more functional materials that actually go into creating that very natural to our minds smelling perfume. And it's got to the point where really that marketing has confused our noses and minds to the point that we actually don't really know, a lot of us, what natural smells or even tastes like nowadays. And everything that we come across in our day-to-day lives is so tweaked and so modified that that separation of natural and manufactured in a lab is really, really blurred. Now, I just to kind of like state this flat out from the beginning, I really don't like entering into this sort of natural synthetic debate because I walk a very sort of central line between the two. And just to give you an idea why that is, for those of you who don't know, my background in the fragrance industry I first started out in, you know, dabbling with essential oils as many of us do when we're teenagers. I think I got my first set of essential oils when I was 16 and I used to hang out at Neil's Yard and Peppers in Covent Garden in the UK all the time when I was a teenager. But actually, I didn't ever go into the industry thinking, oh, I want to be a perfumer or I want to be an aromatherapist. And I, it, that wasn't like my the start of my journey. I kind of fell into the industry by accident and actually ended up doing a work placement at a big fragrance house called IFF as part of a college course that I was on at the time and loved it so much. And I ended up doing a um, cosmetic science diploma and doing a correspondence course as part of my role within IFF to um, train as an evaluator. So I did the um, it was isn't it was a correspondence course then with Plymouth University. I I don't know off the top of my head what it's called now, but I think it's actually a five year degree course now. But anyway, that was that was the part of the industry that I landed in, and so I ended up having a love of fragrance that was developed from actually just landing this job in a fragrance lab, and then 
training as a fragrance evaluator and working for IFF and a lot of uh, on projects for companies like Joe Malone and uh, mostly own label UK. So brands like Sainsbury's and Marks and Spencer and Superdrug, you know, selecting fragrances and working in the fragrance library, working with marketing departments and the sales reps and perfumers, etc. So that's kind of where I started. And then I, I kind of sides, I sort of stepped out of that industry and before that, what had happened is in the 90s, this was back in the 90s, and a lot of companies were delving into creating aromatherapy ranges. So if you're you know, listening to this, I'm doing air quotes with my fingers here, because at that time, it wasn't a case of really authentic aromatherapy brands. It was Yes, there was some, obviously, there were some authentic aromatherapy brands out there, but that's not what I was talking about. Here, it's like we, we had a perfumer creating a fragrance and then often, you know, they would come to the marketing department and maybe to me and say, okay, so like, you know, about aromatherapy, you like, what, what oil should we be putting in this fragrance to make a pack claim? And a pack claim is, you know, actually saying that this fragrance has got lavender oil in it. And this was, remember, this was back in the nineties. And so it was a very, very different landscape and time to what we have now. So I ended up, before I left IFF, I ended up training in aromatherapy. So I did an aromatherapy diploma, not because I wanted to massage people and treat people. Yeah, I wanted to know like the the medicinal side of the oils, but I wanted to know more about the properties of them so I could do my job more effectively when creating, helping the departments to create uh, marketing um, blurb and, you know, choosing materials to go into these types of aromatherapy product lines. And the further I delved into aromatherapy in that world, the more disillusioned I got with the the way that the aromatherapy type fragrance brands were being created. And, you know, I haven't got time to go into it today, but long story short, I decided to leave um, my job at IFF and I ended up going to work in product development for a company in the UK called Neil's Yard Remedies. Now, it's actually become quite a big company now, but this was in 1999. So I ended up jumping out of the commercial fragrance industry into a company that was one of the pioneers of organic skincare, soil association, certified essential oils, etc. And I was really fortunate in that I worked alongside Romy Fraser, who was the founder, and got to create some fragrances for some of their products. So the reason that I share that with you is because I've got a very different view of like the naturals versus synthetics debate, because I've seen it from both sides. I've seen it from the fragrance industry, and I've seen it from the aromatherapy, organic essential oils industry. And actually, when I was working in product development at Neil's Yard at the time, this was sort of like around the 2000, 2001, probably when a lot of the regulations started to change and we started to have to put allergens on the packaging. And what we found at the time was that, oh my God, you know, this is common knowledge now with a lot of um, people. But at the time it was like, oh God, you know, all of these natural blends that we are creating, that we're putting in our products are chock full of allergens. And we, you know, we need to list those on the labels. And I suppose it was probably the first time that I really started to realise that actually it wasn't a black or white thing. And, you know, whether, 
you know, in some cases, naturals might be better. And in some cases, actually, they could be not as good as something that was created in a lab. And so that is what I want to talk to you about today, because I don't really take a side either way or the other. So I just wanted to get that out there first off, because um, that will give you some context for why I believe what I do and why I teach the way I do. So what goes into the creation of a fragrance? So when we look at the components of a fragrance, what I'm really talking about here is what we call the concentrate in perfumery. So this is the aromatic part, the smelly bit, if you like, before it's either added to a product. So a lotion, a shower gel, a room spray, or it's diluted with perfumous alcohol or an oil base. So Back in the day, unless it was created by a company specializing in all natural fragrances, generally the main part of the perfume concentrate, so 70% or more, will usually be made up of aroma chemicals. Now, we are seeing at the time of recording this, we're seeing a lot more of the big, big fragrance houses um, such as IFF and Shiverdan, creating 100% natural fragrances for indie brands because consumers have, have asked for it and the big houses don't obviously want to miss a trick and they don't want to miss out to the smaller indie or aromatherapy creators. And they have access to a lot of naturals and they have a lot of access to different methods of creating molecules and distilling materials, often a lot of them own some of the growers in grass, for example. So this, the landscape of perfumery has changed a lot over the last 10 years. And it was very, very different to when I started out. But back in the day, it would have been majority fragrance. And it is still to, to a degree in the commercial fragrance industry, the majority of your fragrance will be synthetic materials. And there will be some natural materials in the form of essential oils. So things that are distilled or expressed. Um, but for the most part, they're going to be chemicals um, isolated either from a natural source or produced by chemical reactions in a lab. So that's kind of what goes into the concentrate of a fragrance. And then that is added to whatever base it's it's been designed for. So there are some reasons for this and there are limitations when using just natural materials in a perfume. So if you're intending to create fragrances solely from natural materials, then there are a few things that you need to be aware of. I love natural perfumes. I love therapeutic fragrances. And I believe that natural perfume blends are extremely beautiful in their own right. But if you are trying to compare them to a commercial fragrance, it is really unfair because there are some things that, you know, you can do with um, synthetics that you can't do with naturals. Although, again, caveat, this is changing as the years go by, as different processes are developed, we are getting more and more available to us um, in the form of natural materials that we can use in our 100% natural perfumes. But comparing a commercial fragrance with a 100% natural fragrance is not a fair comparison because I, I believe that they should be judged on their own merit and they're completely different things altogether. Due to the complex nature of naturals, fragrances containing only absolutes and essential oils 
can be rich and opulent, but ultimately they're often quite dense and heavy smelling, especially the florals. If you want a fragrance to last for a reasonable period of time, then you're going to be restricted to using larger quantities of base notes, such as the resins, the balsams and the woods, which can be really, really heavy. And nowadays, you've got the ability to use isolates and some materials from biotech that can add those effects. But if you want to be purist and just use natural whole oils, you know, you're going to struggle with certain fragrance families. So light sparkling citrus notes. So light sparkling citrus notes don't last well on skin and they're going to disappear in minutes. Like the amount of times people have asked me like how do I create a citrus fragrance that lasts all day you know the nature of the beast citrus notes are volatile they don't last well on skin and even if you do incorporate a lot of synthetic musks and fixative notes you know they're not going to last as long as some of the heavier amber fragrances with a lot of resins and balsams in them and if you are trying to do that just with naturals really they're not going to last anywhere near as well. So fragrance types that you're not going to be able to create only with naturals include delicate, airy, transparent, watery florals, marine type fragrances that have this sort of ozonic effect are really challenging to do with naturals as well. Aldehydic fragrances along the lines of Chanel Number no. 5. These types of perfumes are reliant on aroma chemicals for their effects, so you're really going to struggle to do this with 100% naturals, even if you are using isolates in your blends. It's become easier, but, but it's not going to be the same. Fragrance families that are super easy to create with naturals are the Chypre family, the ambers and fougere fragrances and heady florals as well. Although it's going to be really unlikely that you're going to be able to buy really complex, fully fledged, 100% natural fragrances of this type in the EU due to restrictions on some of the important materials. So things like Rose Absolute and Jasmine Absolute if you want to use those materials in the EU and comply with EU regulations and also comply with IFRA, you're going to be able to use only tiny amounts. And so one of the reasons that I decided back in, what was it, 2010, 2011, to teach natural perfumery classes is so that people could create their own because they weren't able to buy these. Again, um, it's opening up a little bit now with a lot of isolates becoming available but still, it's pretty hard to create um, compliant fragrances with 100% naturals of some of these fragrance types. So in addition to the creative limitations of using only naturals, there's also the fact that many of the components of essential oils and absolutes, as I said before, are allergens and can be skin sensitizers. So just because something is natural, it doesn't always mean that it's safe and it often depends on one, the dosage. So, you know, that saying the dosage makes the poison. So it's often not the thing itself, but the amount of the thing that you come into contact with and the exposure. So the amount of the thing and the amount of times you're exposed to it. So 
you know, that is what a risk assessment is. And I really suggest that if you are going to be making natural perfumes and you want to sell them, especially in the EU um, and the UK, I suggest that you become familiar with the regulations. So there is something called IFRA, which I will put in the show notes as well. If you are creating fragrances just to make, you know, for yourself or essential oil blends, excuse me, then you don't need to worry about that too much. But if you are thinking of selling your products, then I always teach my students to comply with IFRA. And if you are within the EU, you need to comply with EU regs. Anyway, that's a whole other podcast episode, but I would suggest that you do your own research. And if you've got any questions or if there's anything particularly you want me to cover around that, do drop me an email to podcast at karengilbert.co.uk and I will add it to the episode list. So, Doing your own research is going to really enable you to have a balanced view of material safety and don't always assume that just because it's natural, it's going to be safe. And just because it's synthetic, it's going to be bad for you. You know, there are there are different materials in, in, you know, different camps and it often depends on the usage. So in addition to doing your own research, I would also make sure that you do a patch test with any new fragrance. So this is for you guys. If you are creating a fragrance for yourself and you're thinking, oh, I don't need to worry about regulations or whatever, because it's just for me, like still do a patch test on your skin, because if you are using any materials, whether they be natural or synthetic, you can have skin sensitization or allergic reactions. So make sure you do a little bit of a patch test. And that can occur regardless um, of whether a material is considered an allergen or not. Ultimately, any fragrance materials do have the potential to cause skin reactions if they're not used um, properly. And even if they are, you know, different people have different reactions. So that's just a little bit of a, you know, common sense for you. So one of the reasons why naturals aren't used in the same vast quantity as synthetics in the commercial industry is that people want their perfume to smell the same batch after batch. And even if you buy from the same supplier and the same material, you're not going to get that with naturals. You could buy one material from the same supplier you know, at a particular time and another time you could buy a different batch. And just because of production methods, growing conditions, it could really vary wildly. Now, that is not something that might necessarily concern a small artisan perfumer, but it is definitely something that would concern the big brands and the big companies. And it's also something that you just need to be aware of. Um, along with the variations in odour, etc., that can occur year on year if you are creating perfume to sell. So that is a little bit about naturals. And so let's let's go on to synthetics because I want to give you a sort of a rounded view of this sort of naturals versus synthetics. So as well as materials that are not found in nature, Synthetic aroma chemicals can also include things like reproductions or reconstructions of naturally occurring materials. So often a naturally occurring material such as pinene, for example, might be used as a starting point for the synthesis of an aroma chemical, um, as well as fractions of crude oil. So 
a lot of the time people think, oh, you know, all aroma chemicals are from the petroleum industry and that, you know, they start from petrochemicals. But often that is not the case. We have a lot of materials that are considered aroma chemicals because they go through this chemical reaction process. But the starting point is a natural. So the line is becoming very, very blurred. So, for example, um, Ambroxan, the starting point for that is sclerol from clary sage, which is a natural material. So a lot of the time, don't assume that just because something is a synthetic aroma chemical, that it's always from a petrochemical starting point. That is not always the case. Um, also, it's worth pointing out that there's going to be a lot of valid ethical reasons for why we might use a synthetic material in a fragrance over its natural counterpart. So one of the most obvious cases of that is where we have important ingredients that have been used historically in fragrance, such as the animal in ingredients. So things like civet, musk, castorium, that we obviously, for ethical reasons, we don't want to harm animals in the fragrance industry. So we don't want to use the natural. So if we want that note, we're going to have to use a synthetic counterpart. So the other ethics that come up might be to do also, and this is going to, we're going to be seeing this a lot more as the years go by. Um, but we are going to be seeing the sustainability issues, the biodegradability, you know, that is going to come up in respect to synthetic aroma chemicals, but also the sustainability thing is going to come up a lot more in naturals as well, because, you know, is it better to use a synthetic sandalwood, for example, or chop down loads of sandalwood trees? So, you know, there are, there are these things that we need to take into consideration. Um, so going back to synthetics for a moment, you know, we do not know the long term effects of many man-made molecules that are fairly new on the human body for sure. And we often don't know what their effects are on the environment, as we do in the case of natural materials, which have a long historical usage. So there is that. Um, but what we can do is produce them under controlled circumstances. And this enables the fragrance industry to create standardized, non-varying materials. So that enables the consistent reproduction of your favorite perfumes, as well as ensuring that the materials don't contain any known allergens that might actually be present in the naturals. So contrary to popular belief, synthetic materials are extremely regulated and many of them are restricted and banned over the years due to the discovery that maybe they're not quite as safe as we thought they were and maybe they're not as great for the environment and they're maybe not not some of them are not as biodegradable as we might have thought they were um, and cost is so people always think oh you know people the fragrance industry use synthetics because they want to take a shortcut and they may want to make it cheaper but cost isn't always a valid reason for the sole use of synthetics many aroma chemicals cost way more than a lot of naturals do so you know, I think the cost thing is, is, you know, in some cases, yes, absolutely, that that is true, but it's not always the reason. Now, personally, I believe that there is room for both naturals and synthetics in perfumery. And it's really all down to personal choice. I don't demonize one over the other. And I know that there are loads of online spats with the, you know, people who believe that, 
you know, all chemicals are toxic. You know, chemicals are present in nature. Water is a chemical. So please don't be chemical phobic because everything is a chemical, whether it is naturally occurring or whether it is lab made. And so something that is created in a lab doesn't it doesn't automatically mean that it's going to be bad for you or that it's toxic. And something that is produced by a plant doesn't always mean that it's better for you. Keep in mind that just because we say something is natural in perfumery, so for example, an essential oil, you know, it doesn't just fall off of a tree and into your perfume bottle. It is highly processed still. Essential oils and absolutes are processed. We are steam distilling, like in the in the process of distilling for Rose Otto, you know, we've got tons and tons of rose petals that go to make a, t- that are distilled to make a tiny amount of Rose Otto essential oil. Now, Yes, it's natural and the process is considered natural, but actually, would we be coming into contact with that concentrated amount of that essential oil in nature? nature? No, we wouldn't. It's still processed. So what I would suggest is you keep an open mind, you make up your, you do your research and you make up your own mind rather than jumping on either either bandwagon that one is better than the other and one is, you know, one is dangerous, one is toxic and one is not. And on the flip side, we often have people in the fragrance industry saying, oh, you know, you shouldn't use essential oils because they're highly allergenic and they're going to, you know, be really bad for you. Again, you know, use your common sense, use your judgment and don't jump on that bandwagon either. I think that there is room for both. And it is really all down to personal choice. You know, without aroma chemicals, we would not have any of the iconic fragrances of the 20th century. And without the naturals, you know, we wouldn't have the richness and the depth and the beauty that some of those fragrances have. So when learning how to make perfume, I always suggest that people start with the naturals first because they're really complex. And I have to say that naturals will always be my first love. And then decide whether or not to explore synthetics later. And you don't actually have to use you know, it's not like you when you're if you're creating a commercial perfume, it's 100% synthetic. There is never really often that case. Yes, okay, sometimes if we're creating an abstract fragrance or something like Molecule 01, then, you know, 100%, they, they would be like 100% synthetic, obviously. But in reality, there would always be naturals and synthetic materials in a fragrance. And we are seeing a lot of the big houses really embracing naturals and also exploring ways that natural materials can be tweaked and modified. And whether you agree with that or not, a topic for another day, perhaps, so that they become less allergenic and actually less complex. So in the form of isolates where you can just use a touch of something and still call your fragrance natural. So I'm sure that this topic is something that a lot of people have got very, very diverse opinions on. So do let me know what you think. And I hope this episode has opened your eyes a little bit to the differences and the benefits of natural materials and the synthetics. And I'm sure it's something that I will go into in a lot more depth in future episodes. So if you've enjoyed this, do please subscribe 
And if you want more on this kind of topic, do let me know by dropping me an email to um, podcast at karengilbert.co.uk. And thank you so much for listening and I will see you next time. Mm -hmm.